With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Open Floor. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. Normally, you can hear me as the host of our flagship podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly, available every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Please listen and subscribe. I am filling in for Mike, Chris, and Rohan, who were unavailable, although I suspect they were ducking me, or at least Mike and Rohan were, which we will get into. But in the interim, very excited to be joined by a special guest. He's one half of the hilarious basketball show, Pod Don't Lie. Stavros Halkias is here. Stav. Hey, how we doing, John? Dude, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to this be is- back. You know, sports this is our this is my second time on Sports Illustrated. You guys are losing credibility by the moment. <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that I'm back. Um, Listen, but we had to get the big guest. Yeah, exactly. You got to, You had to get a big guest. I'm so thankful that whoever the hosts are ducking you, whatever guest this they were supposed to have is probably ducking them. And here we are. We're the we're the replacements, basically. This is the yeah, we're, you know. It's next we're, man I'm up. Keanu Reeves right now. Next man up will come off the bench. I suspect, Stav, to be honest with you, yeah. that they were setting us up uh, for some sort of chaos because, you know, you're a New Yorker, you're a Knicks fan, I'm from Philly, I'm a Sixers right. fan. I think that they expect us to war, but little yes. do they know that we have already bonded over many different things, including our shared <laughs> right. hatred of the Celtics. The Cel- That's the nice thing. Anyone on the on the Mid-Atlantic Northeastern Corridor, because that's the other thing with me and Sam. So I am a Knicks fan because... I grew up in Baltimore and I would never adopt a DC team. So sure. the Wizards, even though I was, you know, a teen when Jordan was playing there and I was watching those games every every night, um, I never could I could never adopt the Wizards. Um, and so when I moved to New York and I basically want to be here my whole life, I was like, all right, I'm adopting the Knicks, you know, because I need a team. But we don't that doesn't f- translate to other fandom where it's like, right. you know. Like Ravens, I'm a Ravens fan, I'm an Orioles fan. So me and Sam, whenever it comes to baseball or football, we're at each other's throats. The one thing that always bonds us is, you know, our shared our shared Boston area hatred, yeah, whether really it's the them. Red Sox, the Patriots, and especially, you know, I love rooting against the Celtics. Um, it's tough. I will say this, it's breaking my heart that they are it's they're threading a weird needle here where they're they almost are. cool. And it's it's really pissing me off. I have to be honest. I mean, they it, were it, dorks. That's their whole thing. <laughs> listen, I, you know? I was behind enemy lines for four years. Lived there for four years, and I have a bunch of friends from Boston. And I say this in all sincerity: they're the worst. They're the <laughs> absolute worst people I know. Yes. They constantly yes. are fucking me whenever Boston does something successful in sports, which is all the time. And they're right. obnoxious. So, uh, but we're going to get into that. So you and I, both East Coast guys at heart, you you physically uh, still on the East Coast. I've moved still to LA, but my heart still on the East Coast. So the Eastern Conference is really good and tight and has been all season long. And it's like one of the best Eastern Conference seasons 
in recent memory, certainly in a very long time. So I thought what we would do is you and I will go through these Eastern Conference teams, break Love down it. the state of each of these guys, and figure out Love which it. ones are actual contenders. So, I love it because since the Knicks are out, and look, now people are gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna sound like since, since I'm gonna and I would I got plenty of Knicks thoughts, don't worry. Mm -hmm. But I also we the other thing we bonded over is our, our Greek. You know, I'm Greek. I I mm -hmm. grew up uh, between Baltimore and you know the, my summers in Greece. And you have it. You know, you wrote that great the great piece about. Um, I mean, when Cal, uh, I'm sorry, not Cal, Patino. Patino. I'm getting my, I'm getting my crooked Italian coaches confused. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that incredible Patino piece that I literally read the second it came out. It was my, it's my, Thank one you. of my favorite pieces of, and you really captured like, you know, what it is to be a, a Greek bat. I mean, just a Greek sports fan where it's like, yeah, no, this American sports, as much as we like to, you know, rib Boston or whatever, People have gotten stabbed over <laughs> over like Greek basketball games, and they don't even like basketball that much. It's a soccer place. Basketball yeah. is like their little, you know, it's like the backup sport. But they will, you know, they set off like you know, and, and you fireworks. catch how how yeah, fireworks inside. I mean, it's insane. Inside. It makes no sense. I think, um, uh, and and we'll get to this when we get to your uh, when we talk about Giannis. With well, the that's box, what I'm going to say here. I wanted to prep where it's like I also have been following Giannis's career since the mm -hmm. grainy. Since the like, you know, in the gym, in the gym playing against five foot seven guys, those yeah. videos, like I was those kids, he crushed them. I was pumped. I was I was rooting for him. I remember being like upset. No disrespect to Milwaukee when Milwaukee drafted him, because I was at the time I was like, send him to Toronto, send him to, you know, just send him to like somewhere Big where city. they like, you know, exact big city that they that they, uh you know, really were good at developing people. And I'll, I'll eat, you know. I've eaten crow on that. I'm ha I, and when he was about to leave Milwaukee, I was like, hell yeah! I, I had the I had the Miami Heat Photoshop jersey ready to go. I had the Dallas him and Luca Photoshop jersey ready to go. I've eaten my words. I'm a Milwaukee guy. I've eaten, you know, I'm there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and go to the playoffs, eat some bratwurst, and watch him. So <laughs> I also am a Giannis fan. Don't call me a, a flip flopper here, folks. But I love Giannis due to due to our ethnicity. So yeah, I mean um, that he's your countryman. All my Greek buddies. Uh, you know, you and I were bonding over this before the show, but you know, I, I'm friends with like 25 people who are all Greek Americans and have family in family Greece. And I've been to Greece many Greece times. And you mentioned the Patino story that I wrote, and they're all the same. They have, you know, most of them are Philly and New Yorkers, so they root for the Sixers or the Knicks. But everybody roots for Giannis. Yeah, they should. he's so much fun. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. All right, so you mentioned the Heat. We're going to start at the top of the Eastern Love Conference that. as we record this. The Heat are nominally in first place. They're the only team in the Eastern Conference to clinch a playoff spot so far, but Stav, I don't know yes. if you saw what happened. Oh, the other I night. saw, baby. I'm licking oh, my chops. <laughs> against the Golden State Warriors, not only did the Heat lose at home, but they with imploded no yep. with no one. They they imploded in full public view of everybody. There's a huddle, and Udonis Haslam gets after it with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, I guess, was acting up a little bit. Udonis yeah. puts him in his place. And the weird thing here, I want to run this past you because – so Jimmy was fighting a two front war, which we all know you can't do. Yes. Uh, military no, no, strategy no. tells you yeah, bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but so he gets on an argument simultaneously with both Udonis Haslam and his coach, Eric Spolstra. And so two things happened. I want to ask you which one you thought was better. Did you like Udonis Haslam telling him, I'll beat your ass, I'll beat your ass? Or <laughs> yes. Eric Spolstra asking, what, you want me to bleeping fight you? Yeah, <laughs> I did like it because I, again, I like the idea that the heat are falling apart here. I like mm -hmm, it because back to Giannis, they seem like the most spiritually together team and we can get, we can get into that. But, um, I love that Spo, I mean, look, Udonis Haslam, it's like, that's what the guy's there for. Like to me, it was like, he he's on call to deal with this exact thing. That's the only <laughs> thing he gets paid for is yeah. to like throw his body in front of the coaching staff. He's basically the coach that will fist fight a player. If he yeah. gets a little, if he gets if a little mouthy. Paid. Right. So to me, that was just, that was Udonis going through the motions. If anything, it didn't even feel particularly inspired to me, but, 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 uh, Spo literally like his energy. I mean, he was like, what you want to fight, but he wasn't backing down. And that was, again, he's, the, I mean, I think he's the best coach in the league and he is, and that's part of it too, where it's like, it's not just that he is an incredible, you know, I mean, 
to just to get this team to be number one in the East right now, although I think it's going to fall apart. Fingers crossed here. Mm. This is the closest it's been in a That's while. Nice. Both both Philly and the Bucks, I think, are only a game and a half behind them after they after they lost to the Warriors. Uh, just what he's done is incredible, but it's also just swag. It's also yeah. just he's got the sauce. You know I mean, what I mean? The way it's he like, threw down that clipboard, he was ready to rumble, how heated he was. <laughs> yeah, like in a in a in a coach's melee. Um, he's up there again, probably Ime again. I hate to be given compliments to the Celtics. Probably Ime Udoka is the number one, uh, brawler. Like if I had to pick a coach to defend me in single yeah. combat, it would be Ime Udoka, <laughs> but suppose up there champion. just for, just for feistiness, you know, and he's younger uh, and Spryer, I think, you know, like pop would have some problems, right? But I mean, uh, pop's, it's been a long time since West point for pop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a while. He's not, you're not, he's, he's easy. Pop will fold quick. Can I tell you that that Jimmy Butler very quickly backed down? Because, I mean, and I would too. Here's my list of people I would piss off before Udonis Haslam. <laughs> everybody else. Like, yeah. he, he's the oldest dude in the league, and when he says yeah. he'll beat that ass, everybody is like, yep, yes, sorry, please do not beat this ass. Like, Jimmy's totally. going to have to go into witness protection because like, that's the last guy you want to get heated with. Yeah, and it's because, and it's that's the thing about him where it's like he is old. And look, he at this point, he's starting to look like an old man. Like, I know yeah. in the grand scheme of things, he's not old, but in the NBA, he looks like, you know, 41. Like, yeah, I mean, 41 is like, and, and he's staying in shape, obviously, because he's still, you know, at least probably jogging. I, I wonder how much practicing he even does. It's hilarious. I mean, I bet you, I mean, but anyway. Yeah, but he's also the kind of guy that, yeah, maybe physically Jimmy is in the prime of his life a little more, but Udonis Haslam will not lose a fight. He will, like, he will, every inch of his body, he'll, you know, break tendons if it if it means he has to beat the hell out of Jimmy Butler to defend the honor of the coaching staff. I mean, he's in there that. just to, like, just to brawl. And, yeah, it's that, it's almost that, like, if a guy's older and he can, you think he can beat you up, it's scarier because there's yeah. some kind of like weird, like uh, intangible, like dad strength fear mm -hmm. that he strikes into your heart. Whereas like with Jimmy, it's like, you know, as much, look, he's a tough guy, I guess, but he also has done a lot of like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, he's <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, like yeah. the guys he's put in their places are not at the time in their careers specifically. I mean, Cat seems to be hitting another level, but he kind of found, uh, you know, he found guys that were kind a little, a little mentally easy to 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 you know make fold. And it's like I don't think that's the case with either Haslam or uh, obviously Spolstra. I mean, uh, Spolstra, I the Heat had Spolstra's so back. The Heat had Spolstra's so back when. LeBron wanted to get him fired. You think they're gonna fucking? Oh, I'm sorry. You think they're gonna? You think they're gonna side? You think the Heat are gonna side with uh, um, uh, Jimmy Butler over over the coach that they said no, LeBron told LeBron to kick rocks over? No chance. Yeah. So I, I, that's that's another cool thing about the Heat. It, it is a it is a system. I will say. Well, Heat culture uh, does not look equal to this challenge. At least not right now, because they have lost two games in a row. So before this, like. Uh, intramural warfare that they had in yeah. full display in front of everybody. They also lost to the Philadelphia 76ers this week. And I bring this up, stop, right. because before that game, I wasn't going to name names. So uh, let's just say that the name rhymes with Rohan Nodkarni. Uh, totally <laughs> yeah. rhymes with, not actually his name, but he texted me, right? And he's a Heat fan. Yes. He's on this podcast regularly, even yes, though yes. Uh, I'm filling in for him. Uh, and he was gloating. And he said to me that Embiid and Harden were sitting out because they were ducking the heat. And what happens, the Sixers with like Tyree, Tyrese Maxey and a bunch of dudes from the South Philly Y yeah. roll over the heat <laughs> and win that game. And it was so satisfying, Stav. I Like to see the heat, you know, one on, on one hand, just to see the heat kind of implode this week a little bit, uh, even though they've yeah, already clinched the playoff, playoff spot, spot, makes me well, feel really good about it. But well, just we talk the about Rohan that? component. Of course, you got yeah. you've got it on Rohan, but yeah. the other the what's annoying about the Heat is I believe they've clinched it because they're a division winner, and their division sucks. That's yeah. the other thing about like like that's a little something we need to talk about with the Heat, where it's like that's a little that's a bit of the reason why they they you know they get to play the Magic more than other Eastern Conference teams. You know, it's just like the Southeastern division is the wit. You know, it's just like the Hawks have been you know way worse than you thought they were going to be this year. So that's a there's a little bit there, but. I, that's got to be delicious for you. 
that's got to be delicious to get it on Rohan. But I, I will say as a Giannis backer, I that was the best of both worlds for me. Because, yes, here's the thing. Philly, they've done a couple cowardish, cowardish things here. <laughs> Where they don't seem to want to play Brooklyn, right? Fair, they are, fair. They're sitting. And look, it's one thing to rest Embiid. It's like, but Harden, it's like, I don't know. Harden, I feel like, should be playing his way into shape a little bit. I feel like he, he's been resting a little a little much. He's looked a little sluggish, especially, I mean, especially the honeymoon ended after they beat up on the Knicks back-to-back. You know what I mean? Once right, they had right. to start was, playing real teams. That was teams, a fun stretch. That was a real fun stretch. Um, but I think they. it seems like they're trying – I mean, they've kind of backed their way into tied for the second seed right now, but I don't know, man. I don't believe they're not exhibiting the kind of like we don't care who we play attitude that you'd like to see from a team like that. From a team that has an MVP and maybe this year's MVP who like it all came together, you replace having, you know, you you replace nobody essentially or you replace uh, Seth Curry essentially with James Harden. And you should be swag. I mean, they should be puffing their chest out. They should be, Embiid should be trying to get the scoring title. They should be like destroying everything and figuring figuring out their team on the way to the playoffs. But instead, I'm seeing a lot of rest days. I'm seeing Harden duck in the heat twice, you know. And as a Giannis guy, I thought Roe wasn't on the show this week. I'm sorry, I mean, this bro. This is like talking po- points straight from Rohan. I'm sorry, bro. I got my, I got my pro Giannis cap. Once the Knicks, once the Knicks fell completely out of the play-in, it's Bucks time all the way for me Switched right now. It over. I mean, that's and, fair. Like what you're saying about the Sixers is fair, and I and, and let's bring this up because the, after the Heat, there's three teams bunched up. Imagine them. There's the the Bucks and your guy Giannis. There's the Sixers and there's the Celtics, and they're all a game and a half as we record this behind. Oh wow, were the Celtics tied too? I thought they were. Yep, all three of them are a game and a half back as we record this uh, from the Heat. So they're lumped up in that group. And yes, I hear what you're saying to the Sixers point. Uh, And there's another guy that I want to bring up because he made the same points that you did about Embiid and Harden and not sure, being sure like whether or not they'd be dominant together. And I wasn't going to name any names either. His name rhymes with Mike Pina. (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, this guy who rhymes with Mike Pina said that, you know, he wasn't sure how they'd mesh together. And he was also concerned about these rest days. I look at it kind of in the opposite direction, right? Where they have had these rest days and they're still only a game and a half out, right? Right. It's kind of like, point. I like it as a rope-a-dope situation where the league is the rope and the Sixers mm-hmm. are playing the dopes and they're hanging mm-hmm. back a little bit because the real season, as we all know, doesn't start until mid-April when the playoffs get going. Okay, that's a that's a fair point, but what if the real season starts and you're playing the Nets? <laughs> I mean, that's you 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 want to be tuned up a little bit if you're going to play those guys and you know, if you're the second seed and they get the seventh seed, you know, or or if they weirdly get the eighth seed or something, you know, who knows? I mean, you ne- I wouldn't put anything past that team. Uh that's fair, but I also just think like because the Nets are looming, like this isn't the past where it's like, you know, you get to play the 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 Pistons if you're the one seed or the two, or you know what I mean? It's like, this is like the nets are really looming out there. If it was just even Toronto, I think would be kind of annoying to play. You know, sure. if you, Toronto's if you always were, annoying, but it's, yeah, I mean, I can't believe how good they are this year. I mean, that's another nurse is right up there with Spo, but um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, I just think, especially because this team just came together, I think you're right that they've kind of found themselves in, you know, almost by accident, a game and a half behind, uh, but especially when it's like, I hate to be this guy, but it's like Doc. I don't trust Doc in the playoffs. That's 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 <laughs> you Doc should move to Philly. You'd fit right in. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody in Philly likes Doc. Everybody and I love him. Harden because of how hilarious he is. Like because mm. I really love someone who squanders their natural ability to go to a strip club. <laughs> that's my kind of guy. I know all yeah, about sure. it. You know, you could check sure. my grades in college, my senior year, as a, you know how how precipitously they fell when I, you know, was able to when I had a job and had like money for you know uh, certain fun activities, uh, right. and that's also how I live my as a stand up comedian. It's like on the road. It's you know, am I going to wake up or am I going to go to bed early and right, uh, go right. over my act and be fresh for the show, or am I going to be hung over until four p.m.? <laughs> I'm I'm uh, that's I'm from the hardened camp of working right. where it's like. Yeah. Max out your natural ability, have a good ass time, you know, yeah, and absolutely. I respect him for that. And I would love Me to too. see him win because I love I would love to see um, 
like because everything now has gone to like LeBron spends two million dollars uh, on his body. Steph Curry sleeps in a in a hyperbaric time chamber uh, right. to get you know. It's like they're getting Kobe was getting you know his own blood spun in Germany to get his knee. It's like, we're doing all these crazy things where it's like, I would love it if a guy with a little pot belly, because he's had magic city wings for lunch right, right. the day before a playoff series. If he he's somehow won a risque, uh, buffet, if someone if someone drops 40 with some mat with some strip club mac and cheese sloshing around in their guts that's my guy right like the daytime tuesday buffet too not yeah. even like yes. like a nighttime yes. weekend like like no. really hardcore no not with the executive chef with with the right. day whoever's in there working the day shift i feel like the day shift we make a lot of jokes about day shift weekday strippers but mm. the weekday strip club chef he can't be much better you no. know what i mean no, so just pulling a guy off the street as much as spiritually i am rooting for him to win all the evidence is showing that it's not you know he had the honeymoon he had that honeymoon in, in brooklyn last year where he was you know people were talking about him as the mvp that's how much he bounced back from being like the most hated guy in the league for how he was uh you know ruining that situation with the rockets he was so good before he hurt his uh his hamstring or his knee i forget mm -hmm. that people were yeah. people were like this guy could be mvp because he's carrying these nets that that was at least like a you know a three-month honeymoon the honeymoon with the sixers seems to have lasted three games <laughs> so it's like and he now he's kind of just kind of you know back to being james he's out there he's at that birthday party after they get which again i love yeah i'm the kind of guy that loves time. it yeah. but that's not the kind of guy that i would be super uh you know you combine him with doc and then you combine the fact that your best player is seven three you know you know, a, just a huge human being who might just break down because you've been riding him hard, hard as hell the whole season. It's like, it's just not looking, there's a lot of things that aren't looking good for the Sixers, you know, kind of, kind of just outside of the court. Cause I thought the You're, fit on the court has been good. I actually thought that they're playing better than I thought they would together, but it's all the other stuff that I'm worried about. I mean, all the other stuff is the story of the Philadelphia 76ers in perpetuity, right? I mean, like, they yeah. lead the league in drama for the last 20 years. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, they got guys almost dying of peanut allergies, and they draft Hilarious, two point yeah. guards who forget how to shoot, and yep. they got a GM who's got burner <laughs> accounts. I mean, like, yes, it, it yes. never stops with them off the court. But, it's awesome. again, playoff basketball, different thing. I'm and listen, they're poised about this. They are poised to play a really annoying style to watch, but that might work in the playoffs, right? Like they're poised to be like grind it to a halt, slow. We're going to play slow as hell. We're going to play iso ball. We got two of the best guys in the league that get to the line and we've got one of the I best defensive that. and we've got one of the best defensive centers in the game, maybe the best defensive center, you know, even even taking Gobert into account when when Embiid is really locked in, he's I think he's just as good. So amazing. you you could you I absolutely see a path to that. I'm just saying, man, you got Doc Rivers lurking. You got you got three and one lurking. You got <laughs> you got Harden's like string of horrific game, you know, game yeah. sixes lurking. There's a lot of stuff. Man, but, you're just bodying the Sixers. I don't know how this happened. Well, this uh, is because I I have it. I am ready to body every single team. All right. Well, let's body some other teams ball. because the Sixers have. You've now thoroughly flattened the Sixers. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm rooting. For, listen, I'm rooting for Harden. Get over there with some glitter in your had, beard. Drop 40 with some, with some body <laughs> glitter in your beard, James. <laughs> uh, he's got the singles ready to rock for the playoffs. Uh, if you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, 
the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So that grouping of Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics, we, we've gotten your take on the Sixers. The Bucks are the defending champions, and we know your feelings about Giannis, and I think that you know they're obviously going to be right in the mix. Let's together body this next team, the Celtics. I would love that. Everybody is high on them right now. They've been on a tear for months, nine and one over their last 10. You know, their point differential is plus 6.4, best in the conference. I don't have to tell you about their point differential. Stop. New York and Philly hate each other, but our one common bond is our hatred of Boston. I liked them so much better earlier in the season when they were bad. And now all of a sudden they're kind of, yeah. Yeah. Now Now they figured it out. Like, I hate this. I know. I hate it too. And it's like, the one thing I'm thinking is like, was Schroeder this bad? <laughs> like, was he yeah. really? Like, is this yeah. how bad Dennis Schroeder is? Yeah. Like, this, this is like, because uh, literally, I mean, look, there's other stuff that's happened. And I think a lot of it is just like Udoka in the beginning of the season. I was like, I thought, look, again, I think he's cool. He's awesome. He's got that cool story about when he's playing for the Nigerian national team where mm-hmm. there's a brawl and he's just knocking guys out. The guy's literally married to Nia Long. I mean, it doesn't get cooler yeah. than that. You know, he's a handsome guy. It sucks. It's all it of sucks. like, I was to me, I was like, this guy is too cool for the Celtics. It won't work. These, <laughs> these chowder chugging dorks. It just won't. It will be incompatible. It'll be like two magnets. You when you put the two positive ends together, just bounce back. And that's what I thought was happening. You know, uh, and especially when you go from Brad Stevens to Ime, where it's like Brad Stevens. You know, the guy can. You know, he's, he's like a boat shoe come to life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a dork. So I was hoping just spiritually, Ime Odoka would not work because uh, because Boston is so lame, but. At the same time, clearly what in the beginning of the season looked like, hey, does this guy like go after his players too much? It's like because he really was throwing them under the bus in a way that yeah, I, I loved. Um, but it turns out it worked and it, it it seems like they needed to hear it. And it seems like they just I mean, swapping out Schro- Derek White for Schroeder gives them like a guy who's unselfish and like moves the ball around. And, you know, I but what I am hoping is that they're just, it just, I don't know. I still, at the end of the day, don't fully, be, like, I think Tatum is, I think people overrate Tatum a little much. He's and I really think, good. He's really I hate, good. But I, I hate it. He's really good. He's really good, but I think, like, this is a make or break season for him, or, or postseason for him, where it's like, look, if this guy somehow takes his team, because it's going to have to be him. I think Jalen Brown's awesome, but I do think, like, and look, defensively, it annoys me how good they are. I mean, they yeah. just spank the Jazz, who are also frauds, who I don't believe in. They're sort of, to me, they're they're Boston West, as far as I'm concerned. I, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. For so many different reasons, they're Boston. So West. many. I mean, Ainge yeah. is just over there. I mean, he. Right. I, of I course, he out. is right. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and all I can say is that it's just it's a little too sweet, and I think that Boston is cursed for everything Ainge has done, the way they treated players, the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. I think it's just, all I can say is, is that the basketball gods, this is them uh, getting Boston very excited, Mm -hmm. juicing the whole team, the whole town up to only break their hearts and to have them lose in the first round to the Nets. That's what I'm saying, is that this is a big spiritual... uh, You have the Nets taking out the the Celtics and the Sixers in the first round. They're they're going to play them both. Crushing everybody. They're just, they're going to play both of them. <laughs> they're going to just borrow whoever they play in the first. Maybe the Hornets will, will be allowed to borrow KD and Kyrie, and that's how it's going to be done. But one way or another, it's going to happen. And at the end of the day, I also feel like there's two things that might be destined here. Um, it'll be the Bucks take them out so that it's even sweeter for me where Giannis absolutely steamrolls them. Um, And I do think he is the biggest problem for them, obviously. And B2 will be difficult for them to deal with. But um, I wish I had more, I had, I wish I had more tangible reasons why the Celtics were going to lose other than pure uh, hater 
yeah. the pure hater in me. No, that's okay. But I that's think I think the hate is powerful enough that I can will them to lose from the we TV screen. Personally. I, you know, you had mentioned I, you know, how like this how run has gotten the entire town so jazzed up to believe in the Celtics and like Celtics fans are coming out of the woodwork. Previously, they had like gone of off course. to whatever rocks that they hide under uh, yes. when they weren't playing well. And now all of a sudden they come slithering out to pump up their chests. And these Duncan dorks are everywhere. And I, I sent you a <laughs> yeah. picture. You and I were talking about this and laughing about it. And, and I encourage people to go and check this out on uh, SI's Twitter feed at SI now but some guy somewhere i think it was probably and it rhymes again with mike pina uh got a tattoo <laughs> and it says boston celtics 2022 world champions and he's already got it and i i i just can't tell you how much i hate this yeah i hate it first of all i love it because they're not going to win the championship i'm i am on record like they might make a run it might be annoying they might you know feel like they're poised whatever but look that's that's been the celtics the whole time uh that they've they've always felt like they're on the cusp and again i think they've deserved the karma of those those uh you know they got the picks whatever they 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 bamboozled the nets but i think they deserve the karma for how they've treated especially Isaiah Thomas, but just like how, how Ainge just kind of like treated players as like disposable and they're so close and they, they almost, they never make it, which I think is, is worse than just being bad, you know, on some level. Sure. Uh, but this is good because this guy has a tattoo and it's a disgusting tattoo. <laughs> it's not like, a good that's tattoo. the best part. It's not a good tattoo. It's not there. Listen, whatever you want to say about them, they're cool little Celtic guy who spins the, the basketball. That's a pretty, that's a nice mascot. That's, that's good graphic design. This guy got, <laughs> Just a block of black ink yeah. in horrible writing. That's it doesn't it doesn't even look like official Celtics font. It looks like a bootleg T-shirt you would buy in the stadium next to the hot or outside yeah, the stadium they next to the guy's arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It looks horrible. Um, you know, I can't wait to see what kind of dropkick Murphy's tattoo he uses. He <laughs> covers it up with in six yeah. months when they lose to the to either the Nets or the or the. I'm hoping it's the Bucks. I would love to vanquish the Celtics personally, um, but I, I think it's good because this is you know uh, it will just this guy will feel even stupider when when the Celtics do lose. I love that. Uh, that's something that we can all ho hope for is for Boston to feel even stupider. That's what I live <laughs> for, frankly. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I want to run through a couple more of these Eastern Conference teams. So the next two teams before that like play-in line are the Bulls and the Cavs, who both started off hot. Like The right. Cavs, I think, you know, they're kind of playing with house money. Because nobody Absolutely. expected them to be good at all. Mobley has been a killer. They're playing a really weird style style where they have like they've got Lori Markinen and uh, you know Jaron Allen got hurt, but before he went down, yeah. he was playing really great. And Mobley and also Kevin Love. So they're running like four bigs out Wild. there with yeah. Darius Garland, and they've been good, but they're falling off a little bit. And then the Bulls, obviously, Lonzo got hurt, and you know injuries have felled them a little bit. But both of those teams, I think, playing better than we might have expected before the season. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think again, the Cavs, I think you're absolutely right where it's like, it is house money and it, it shouldn't work in any way. And they've lost, I mean, yeah, we don't even talk about Sexton. We don't even talk about Rubio. I mean, they keep yeah. losing. Rubio was doing huge, great. Huge. Rubio was so important for them. Um, and, and then, I mean, when Jared, with Jared Allen, it's like that Jared Allen and Mobley, I think were the re is the reason that you can basically play either L Lowry or Kevin Love as like, you know, a weird, a weird three, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just stand in the corner rebound because those guys are such incredible defenders that you could just mix and match them, you know, you know, with what, with a, with a more deficient defender at the four spot, or even if at the three spot, they can like really cover up a lot of mistakes. You know, both of them are insanely good defensive centers. Um, and so losing Mobley has been tough, but again, I think it is house money. And I think like, what did Cleveland really think was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, this team, they have, I, I know, um, Garland's good, but you know, so good. they don't have it. I mean, who else scores? And I mean, I guess the, the Levert, the Levert trade, Levert yeah, is maybe your Levert. answer to that, but it's like, really, there's not much scoring punch on the rest of this roster. I mean, I, you know, I'm so high on Mobley though. I mean, for him to be that good, this oh absolutely soon. like he's gonna be an absolute monster for a very very long time oh he's unbelievable uh, for sure and i if i'm them you know i'm looking at this season as just like a massive massive win where you Huge go dub. okay we've got two cornerstones in mobley and garland and you know we go out and get lavert and you know i like that trade fine but just I think to, it was fine, to say, yeah, yeah, to, just to say okay we're positioned now to add in some pieces around these two guys and uh, just to, to have a homegrown, really good Eastern Conference team that came out of nowhere. I mean, completely think out about of nowhere. This stuff. Like, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, what happens if, you know, LeBron wouldn't rule it out, right? He had said, I, I wouldn't yeah, rule yeah, out yeah. going back to Cleveland. Yeah, 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 you yeah. know what? If you're Cleveland, you rule that out. You don't want any part of LeBron right now. You've already got a good team. Yeah. I know. That is so funny. I mean, that is, I, I, yes, it makes sense in the way that, like, you know, you play a basketball video game, you rule out LeBron, but it's like sure. LeBron's farewell tour probably puts more, more money back into, um, you know, rock. What's his name? Rocket. The Dan Gilbert's pocket. Yeah. Dan yeah he's, Gilbert. he's lining his pockets way more with the LeBron farewell tour than he is even by, you know, foreclosing on people's homes with predatory loans. <laughs> so, so I think they do it. What, I mean, look, you're, you're, you want the LeBron farewell tour, but I know what you're saying from a basketball standpoint, they don't want to They don't want to be in this guy's shadows. Right. But it, honestly, in a weird way, he would be, I mean, he's LeBron old man, LeBron with, uh, with Mobley and with, with Garland, I think actually is sick. <laughs> Okay, like as if, a basketball, if, like he's he's running the high post offense type of type of stuff. You know what I'm if saying? He would play that like uh, senior emeritus role. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I seriously doubt he would. I, I just like I can't imagine LeBron going back to Cleveland again and being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna let these two kids be the main guys, and I'm gonna just play this like auxiliary role." That's not yeah. LeBron. That's not LeBron. But man, even he's got to age at some point. I'm, you Maybe. know, I don't. I think Tom LeBron. I think, I mean, he's 37 or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's like th when he, okay, maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's not next year. You're telling me when LeBron's 40, he might, he doesn't want to come in, keep padding his stats, play 20 minutes. I don't know, play 20 minutes. And then like where I would be annoyed if I was them is he would try and poach a finals MVP from them. He would right, try right. and like, you know, that's where he would come alive. But I could see him being like late era Tim Duncan to their Kawhi when he's literally 42 years old, you know, but yeah, I, anyway, I, mean, who I, knows? I don't think it's going to happen. If I'm Kobe Allman, I, I, I'm good with what I got now. Um, all right, so I want to run through these last. Want to talk Bulls real of, fast? Yeah, let's do let's do Bulls. I mean, what, how do you feel about you know? Obviously, Demar Derozan has been resurgent this year. Not even resurgent. I mean, he's always been good, but really, no, nah, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's, been it has so been resurgent. Good. It's not unfair to say resurgent because he was good on those Spurs, and it was like he was always a guy that you'd be like, oh. He had a better season than I re realized. Every yeah. year when he, with the Spurs, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, Demar's good," and it's like, "Oh look at his assists," you know. It's like because no one's really watching those; they're kind of boring. I didn't anyway, as a more casual fan. Uh, uh, I wasn't watching too much Spurs basketball, but yeah, he's been you know out of his mind, and his clutch numbers are hilarious, and his like you know just overall demeanor's been wild. But I think yeah, you are kind of seeing you are kind of seeing the limits of. I think what everyone forecasted would happen in the playoffs just has started happening a little earlier where it's mm -hmm. like 
without their elite perimeter defense that was kind of holding the rest of it together with glue or with tape, basically, they're just kind of falling apart. And them thinking Tristan Thompson was going to be the big <laughs> defensive five upgrade is hysterical, dude. I mean, I the the Bulls just spanked them. I won that game a couple nights ago, and it was like. Giannis put him under the basket in a where I wasn't, I, you know, you're kind of watching and you're paying it, you're doing other stuff. And I just saw Giannis dunk on somebody and I was like, oh, that must have been a guard. And it was Tristan Thompson who had yeah. position on him, but there was nothing he can do about it. He has not been the same since those hookah uh, pictures leaked. I think that that did something yeah. to his to his psyche fundamentally. But at the end of the day, I think it really just comes down to without Lonzo, especially, and with that gaping defensive hole at five, it's like, you're just going to be able to score on them with even competent, like even competent big man play. And, you know, unless they really catch fire and Vucevic has a different level, which I don't think he does. And they just become like a, like a really, they score more and Lonzo comes back and look, Pat, Pat Williams is back. You know, that's right. good. He played in that game. I mean, that's solid that they have, but again, this guy's a second year player that missed most of his second year. So what do you really you you know he's not going to be the big wing stopper. You don't you don't throw that guy at Jason Tatum and expect him to shut him down. So I just think ultimately it is like it's kind of Clevelandish, but without as rosy an outlook. Where it's like this is a good you know you guys you guys overperformed. You had a fun mm-hmm. season. Demar is probably going to make at least third team All NBA, even though he kind of slid. People were talking about him as an MVP. He'll probably make at least third team. That's something. Levine might stay, and then you know. Karnisovic has proven to be a good GM. Maybe he can find a way to like flip Vucevic again or something or like figure out a way to like, or maybe Pat Williams next year really does, you know, develop. And in this, in this little window, they can do something, but I think it's a good season, but I think they ultimately will end up being a little more disappointing than they wanted only because of how high their expectations were. But if you told them you're the five seed at the beginning of the year, I think they'd they'd have been thrilled with that. Right. Yeah, that well, I mean, that hot start, I think, was like a little bit of um, fool's gold. But despite that, right? I mean, like as we record this, they're three and seven over their last ten, not great, and yet only four and a half games out of first place because that Eastern Conference is so loaded yeah. and so packed in tight. I want to throw out these last, um, you know, bubble teams for the play-in here. So you've got the Raptors, the Hornets, the Hawks below this line, and of course your Nets, who, who you have taking out everybody in the first round. <laughs> Except the, the entire Bucks. Eastern Conference will lose to them. Unless they get the Bucks, in which case it will be a sweep. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, of this group, of this group, the Raptors, Nets, Hornets, and Hawks. Who do you like? Obviously I mean, the Nets. Obviously the Nets, but um, honestly, it's like I mean, it, it's I mean, it's it's kind of a cop out because they're the seven and eight seed, but like. I just don't like the Hawks have just been so bad. Like the Hawks really pulled the rug out from under us. I think where it's like they really felt like they were the like classic, uh, the the young team that made a leap that watch out for them next year. That just mm-hmm. doesn't happen, you know. And I think that goes back to this is again New York little bias here, but it's like this is some Trey Young slander that's about to happen. <laughs> where I just feel like. It's not his ability, right? Clearly, he's out of he's he's out of control, right? Yeah. Like he is so good. He's you know he's Steph like with everything except moving moving without the ball, which obviously is one of the huge things that makes Steph Steph. Don't get me wrong, but a great an insane passer for a size, an insane shooter, all that stuff. Uh, but obviously, the defense is a problem. But also, I just feel like guys don't like him. <laughs> like I feel like there's every well, year New York doesn't like him. But, dude, even on his own team, it's like every year there's like, oh, there's rumblings of discontent in the in the Hawks locker room. And it's like, you know, they sign uh, John Collins to that big extension. And you're like, oh, they probably figured it out. But he had problems with the last coach. And it's like, OK, maybe he wasn't he wasn't like, a, you know, he's not Spolstra. Right. Like, um, but at the same time, it's like this. I, I thought they were going to bounce back. I thought they found something with um uh, uh, their their coach used to coach the Pacers. Uh, McMillan. Yes, McMillan. I thought they had figured it out with McMillan, and they was like, "Oh wow, this is a team." But I don't know, man. I think maybe they had like a really well timed dead cat bounce from how much they didn't Trey did not like uh, uh, Lloyd Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd P. Yes, exactly. Uh, I thought they had like a. I thought they just kind of bounced back 
because but but maybe it's just that Trey really didn't like him that much that he kind of like was a good teammate for three months and and things broke the right way and they got to the fi- Eastern Conference Finals. But I think you know all that chatter earlier on where they're already Trey's already talking about how the regular season's boring. It's like, well, bro, it's it's clearly not boring enough for you because it's like you're barely getting out of you. You're not getting into the playoffs. I don't see them being able to beat the Raptors, and I think the Hornets in a similar way. I think they're just. I don't think it's it's the same thing. I just think they're kind of young and in their development, they haven't really put it together, and they have a problem at the center position too. And I just think they're a little erratic and you can't say that about the raptors even though you know they're just like a a weird you know plucky professional like straight ahead they're gonna like grind you down and like you know aside from siakam and fred van vliet like you i mean that's just a a professional basketball team where you don't have like a lot of stars right you just they try hard right they're big right they've got they've got they defend and they just Mm -hmm. like have the best coach in that in that foursome that we just mentioned uh, definitely is is Nurse. So and look, Siakam and Van Vliet were on that championship team. They have a little sure bit of are. that too. So I just still I just can't see it not being Raptors and Nets because I just don't believe in the Hawks and I think they have something to figure out that I think is more personality based than anything. Yeah, I mean, the Gallo contract though. is about to be bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say, John? I missed the. No, I was saying it's tough with Collins being injured too. I mean, like they're you know right. It's sure. It's I mean, they're missing Collins, spot. obviously, but at the same time, one it wasn't one of their big, wasn't one of their big things supposed to be depth. I mean, going into the sure. season, it was like they have too many guys. So if any team was supposed to be able to weather this kind of th- with you know with all these guys that in theory could create their own shot, in theory could you know whatever. I don't know, man. It's I think it's more personality based because I actually thought they did a good job of building that team. And I, I laughed, you know, five years ago when they were like, we're going to kind of create our own Golden State, you know, and it's yeah. like and which is ridiculous. You, you don't really have the ability to do that. But at the same time, they really did. I thought they did a good job of building around Trey. Um, and then it just all kind of disappeared this year. I don't know. I really don't know what it is. And I I have to. As a hater, attribute that to mm-hmm. Trey Young doesn't have the winning mentality. He's a yeah, well, he's a loser in his heart, I and that's what he well, gets for bowing in Madison Square Garden. I th- I think uh, that's disappointing to me because you know we obviously know that they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year because Ben Simmons decided to like never shoot and pass up a dunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, so if yes. they're that bad and they they advance past the Sixers, like what does that say about the Sixers? But okay, the I want to say Rivers is a bad coach. Right. Perfect. Let's <laughs> I think body that's the Sixers just a little bit more. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I want to wrap this up because uh, I want to give you a little bit of time to to talk about your New York Knicks, who sure. you know Trey Young loves to absolutely demolish in their own house and talk trash about. But the, you know, at the beginning of the season with mm-hmm. the Knicks, you had the whole Bing Bong thing. People Ugh, were excited, and that lasted. A, 
about a second and a half. And now you're the again. one game, yeah. one, one <laughs> overtime win. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about the prospects of your franchise? I mean, I, you know, RJ Barrett has looked good this year. RJ. My, yeah. My thing with the Knicks is, you know, the fish rots from the head, right? You still got James Dolan. And I just like, yeah. will never believe the Knicks can be good with James Dolan. Sure. And, and I mean, I think that's true. Um, but it's like, you know, let's also not get crazy. It's like all the other owners are like, you know, what are they finance guys or like Republican donors? You know what I mean? It's like, yes, it's like Dol Dolan is, uh, definitely a bad, and look me and Sam, I wish Sam was here. Cause you would, the, the, in the lunacy that would be coming out of his mouth right now <laughs> with this question would be crazy, but we worked for MSG. Like we had, Sam had a show that I was a writer on and the the culture permeates through every part of that business i'll put it that way where it's like it's just kind of tough to get anything done and it's a little dysfunctional and um you know i think on some level you are right that the fish rots from the head but i do think i do think to give him a little ounce of credit he has shown the willingness to since phil jackson um let a guy i think he learned from like how badly the mellow thing uh happened where he overruled um uh the g the the you know I, i'm so bad with names but he's the the g used to huh i i'm also oh, you're, you're bad names. yeah he looks like droopy dog he's old as hell he was the one that did the he was the one that did the mellow trade because dolan forced him basically instead of waiting for for agency but i think he learned ever since then it's like okay he just has picked wrong who he's trusted, right? Because it was Phil Jackson. And that was an obvious glaring error. At the time, I thought it was dumb. But he kind of let Phil do whatever he wanted. And now he's kind of doing that with uh, Leon Rose, who I think at first everyone was like, well, he's not trading draft picks. And in New York, if you don't trade your first-round draft pick, that basically makes you, uh, you know, that, that that makes you uh, uh, the Raptors GM, basically. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that makes you Masai Ujiri. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, very quickly, it's turned into the thing where it's like, okay, let's look at what happened. Uh, passed on Halliburton at the time. That was as much as I love Obi. I think he's a fun player, and I think and he had a good, nice game uh, yesterday too. Um, and if his three ball comes around, he can be a really, really nice like off the bench uh, player, I believe. But at the same time, it's like you pass on Halliburton. That's a that's a glaring error. And it's like, you know, the D Rose thing happened to be a good trade. In fact, he's too good because it's like we relied on him so much in the year 2022 yeah, that yeah. when he goes out, our team folds. And that's a that's a huge problem. Crazy, I thought crazy. the I think I, as much as I love Julius and that that year that he gave us, you know, will will be special and it matters a lot to Knicks fans. I thought it was a mistake paying him instead of letting making him sort of prove it uh, with fans in a regular environment, and they did that. Um, I think he should he would the the contract would be a lot would be a lot lower this year. I'll tell you that much. It wouldn't be what he got. And then I also think the Cam Reddish trade, as you know, as much as I thought Cam Reddish was worth taking a swing on, you look at what the value of a first round pick was in this in this trade deadline. It's like it seemed like you get a lot more for a first rounder than cam reddish and not only that but you didn't play him <laughs> like and now he's that's hurt the part. So, that's the part so so and we have a couple interesting younger guys that i think if you know you have you have grimes you have quickly you have obi you have uh, rj obviously um but you know taj gibson's out there getting <laughs> getting 30 well, minutes but that's game, that, that's, a that's a tips thing right i mean and, like and, what, the yes. derrick rose um taj gibson component goes traces directly and not playing young guys and not trying out reddish yeah. and this all traces directly back to tibbs who if he were allowed would shorten his rotation to four people like <laughs> yeah. he would just he'd be like my team's on the floor <laughs> like that's who he is yeah no so, you're right you're right and and i was against I, I didn't think the Tibbs hiring was right at the first in the first place. Uh, I it took me a while to get swept up into hysteria last year. I mean that was last year's uh, me and Sam's podcast was like he bought in from the second. I mean he does every year. Every year he's yeah. like this team sure. is good, 
and he happened to be right last year. I mean, it's yeah. just it's he gets no credit for thinking they'd be good because he's said that about every every Knicks team. You know, he's 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 gone on. You know, he's talked when he was younger. He thought Ronaldo Balkman was going to be the was going to be the big savior of the Knicks. So he's a lunatic. And it took me a while to get on board, and then I was like, you know what? The we, I went to the playoff game where the one game they won, I was I was in the garden, mm-hmm. and I kind of carried that mental illness through to this season where I was like, no, it's good. We'll we'll get a little <laughs> something from Kemba. Uh, we'll you know Fournier. Will I thought I thought the contract was too big, but he's a shooter. That's the pro, That's market rate for a shooter, and and it's just been so clear that like yeah, this team like. What made this team special last year was their defense, and I thought it was a big mistake getting rid of Bullock, uh, who has played good for the for the Mavericks and who's relatively cheap and a, and a three and D guy. Uh, even though his his offense wasn't very imaginative, it's like he still could shoot the ball okay, and he played good defense. And I thought we went way too heavy on the offense, and that was clearly what happened. And I feel bad for Kemba because I think in a better situation he could have been a guy who comes off the bench and you know. Does does a little scoring for you, but you're just in a weird spot with us, and I'm not feeling good about it, John. I'll be honest with you; it's not. It you doesn't. I, I was gonna say you hide it great. I mean, yeah. you just had a very detailed. <laughs> you just had like a 10 minute rant on everything that's wrong with the with the Knicks, which I, I, you know, even though you destroyed the Sixers, I love for you to destroy your own team. The Knicks, it's a good place for us to leave it yes. because it, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers. I don't know what's going to happen with the Easter Conference because honestly, you could put eight teams into a hat and pull out a name and I'm tell me tell they you, won bro. the conference, and I would believe it. But I the love Bucks. that. You, that Let's would be not get- is, if it's not the Sixers. That's a fine team to pick, but I really do like you going, man, here's 72 different oh. reasons why the Knicks are still the Knicks. Uh, and I could keep going, but you know, and, we've only got so much time in the day. An excellent job by you breaking it down. Before we go, promote yourself. Where can people find you on social, and then what do you have cooking work-wise? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've recently started really working. I mean, I'm a stand-up comic first and foremost. I mean, uh, Pod Don't Lie is a fun is a fun that you know me and Sam. Our relationship was based half on stand-up comedy, half on talking hoops at shows. So we were like, mm-hmm. why don't we just turn the mics on? <laughs> why don't we just have Love these it. conversations we're having anyway? We do no preparation. We do nothing. But <laughs> if you like a very stupid show with uh, very vulgar analogies, I had to really button myself up. I had a real Jimmy Butler take that was not appropriate for the SI uh, airwaves. But if you want it, if you want like more a, a more, you know, X you know, more sex joke, more vulgar uh, NBA show. Listen to Pod Don't Lie with Sam and Stav. We do uh, a free episode every week, and we do an extra Patreon, so two episodes a week. And then I'm I'm a stand-up comic, like I said, so my YouTube channel is something I'm really working on right now, and I'm re- going to release a special next month, awesome. uh, free hour-long special. I just want people to see it. So, yeah, I'm building on my – it's YouTube.com slash Stavros Halkius. I'm on TikTok, Baby 2 I'm on Instagram, Baby 2 It's all – it's all. I post a lot of stand-up. So if you want to see, you know, little stand-up clips, I do it one a day, and I do longer uh, clips on YouTube once or twice a week. And like I said, next month we'll have a free hour-long uh, comedy special that I just want people to go out there and see. So that's 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 what I got, baby. Go go and check him out. Go watch those. Go listen to the pod. It's very good. You say you don't do any prep and that uh, you know you, you weren't sure about SI. You killed it on open floor. I can't Thanks, be sure man. after this performance it. that we just had that Mike and Chris and Rohan are even coming back. I think it's probably no. open floor with Gons and Stav now. And that's SI right. We're is sending us a contract. Guys. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look for the contract. We're going to sign that. Uh, I'm John Gonzalez. You can listen to Sports Illustrated weekly, every Wednesday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please listen and subscribe. We've got a lot of really good stuff. Uh, This week, we have Jenny Vrentis from the New York Times breaking down the allegations against Deshaun Watson. We have uh, a story about Ukrainian professional athletes who have taken up arms against the Russian invasion. And then we finish it off with something decidedly lighter where Jerry Rice joins us just to have a good time and laugh a little bit because the first two stories are pretty heavy. But stop. This was so funny. So fun. Listen to Pod Don't Lie. I really enjoyed this. And thanks to all of you for listening to Open Floor. This was a blast. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 